All right, well, we will uh, we'll open with prayer, and then we'll get into our study this evening. Father, we um, thank you tonight for our time uh, together to come in as, as brothers and sisters to be, be in your house, to, to learn together, to, um, to reflect on things from Scripture and um, things that we're reading and, and studying. We, um, we're thankful that we have the opportunity to, to fellowship together to, to walk with one another and, um, we do come tonight we do uh, pray for Miss Deborah as, uh, she'll be having a procedure pray that that will be uh, Lord be scheduled and um, you, you would be with her and, and be with the doctors as, as that takes place Lord we um, we do pray for uh, Miss Merle we are we're thankful that she's home pray that you will continue to be with her, we, we pray for Miss Laura Williams and, and the heart issues that, we, that she has. We pray that you would, um, would be able to, to use the, the monitor and those things to, to find out anything that, that is wrong and, and to be able to, uh, Lord, address that. Father, we pray for Jacob tonight as he uh, continues hiking. We do pray that you would keep him safe. And, um, Father, as he continues to do that, we pray for... Um, Terry Gaddy tonight, Lord, that's been mentioned with bone cancer, and, and pray that you'll be with him and, and be with his family and, and the doctors as they uh, diagnose and, and address that. And uh, Father, just work in, in all of these situations, Father, by your Spirit. We, uh, pray that you would be with us tonight as we continue to, to study through uh, this work by, by John Bunyan, and that you would, um, would enlighten our our minds and give us understanding that we might be changed in in our hearts and in our desires and in our uh, affections and uh, Lord we may we, we may focus our worship on you and so we pray this in Jesus name Amen right well, tonight we're continuing our study through um, the Pilgrim's Progress, and last time we were together, we left off with Faithful's Martyrdom. So uh, Faithful and, and Christian were on the narrow way. It took them through Vanity Fair, and uh, because of Faithful's faithfulness, um, he was put on trial and, and martyred there. Um, it's interesting that the very next sentence of the book, the very next sentence we read these words. Now I saw in my dream that Christian went not forth alone, for there was one whose name was Hopeful, being so made by the beholding of Christian and Faithful in their words and behavior, in their sufferings at the fair. So their, um, their witness and their testimony as they bore under the, the suffering they endured at, at the Vanity Fair uh, hopeful was there and observed that, and um, through their witness, uh, believed. And so um, he joined himself to Christian and entering into a brotherly covenant, told him that he would be his companion. Thus one died to bear testimony to the truth, and another rises out of his ashes to be a companion with Christian in his pilgrimage. So 
Hopeful is a companion that will be with, with Christian throughout the rest of his journey. And we see that the, the Lord worked through the testimony of Christian and faithful and used it to bring another to himself. And so uh, Christian and Hopeful, they, they continue on the narrow way. Together they, they come across a character named Mr. Byans. Um, is uh, the name given to this character. And they begin a conversation with him. And, and Mr. Byans claims that he's headed to this celestial city. And, but, but he says the thing is he prefers to travel along w- with, with more liberty and more, more f- personal freedom than, than a lot of others do. Um, this is what he states. He says, it's true that, that we somewhat differ in religion from those of the stricter sort, but yet in two small points. First, we never strive against wind and tide. And secondly, we're always most zealous when religion goes in his silver slippers. We love much to walk with him in the street if the sun shines and the people applaud him. So what we would say a, a fair weather Christian. He, um, when the going is easy and the money's good, he, he's ready to be a believer. Um, he tells Christian and hopeful that he would really like to join them traveling on this narrow way. And Christian responds by saying this, If you will go with us, you must go against wind and tide. The which I perceive is against your opinion. You must also own religion in his rags, as well as when in his silver slippers, and stand by him too when bound in irons, as well as when he walks the streets with applause. And they, they talk back and forth, and, and Mr. Bryan's, his, his final statement, his conclusion is this, I shall never desert my old principles since they are harmless and profitable. Um, the way that he sees it, it's a, the best possible scenario, right? He, he can be a pilgrim, and he can enjoy all the things of the world. After all, he, in, in what he's doing, he's not hurting anyone the way he sees it. So why would, why would he ever give that up um, to join them on the way? And so Christian and Hopeful, again, begin to talk with him. And, um, and those that are around Mr. Bynes that he has with them uh, about their version of, quote, unquote, Christianity and how it's not true Christianity at all. And, and again, uh, like Faithful was with, with Talkative, um, Christian and Hopeful, they're very direct in what they say to Mr. Byans. They're very matter-of-fact. And like with Talkative, Mr. Byans and his friends are greatly offended at what Christian and Hopeful have to say. And so what they decide to do is they slow way down and kind of just putter along and they let Hopeful and Christian get farther out ahead of them so they don't have to interact with them anymore um, on this way. And, and as Christian and Hopeful at this point begin to talk to one another, they ask a, a very interesting question. And this is what they say. If these men cannot stand before the sentence of men, what will they do with the sentence of God? And if they're mute when dealt with by vessels of clay... What will they do when they shall be rebuked by the flames of a devouring fire? In other words, if they can't deal with the discipline and correction of, of other men like themselves, then what in the world are they going to do 
when they're faced with the judgment of God. Very sobering thing. Um, and so they're, they're continuing on this way. At about this time, they come to the hill lucre. Um, lucre is, is an old word that means money. Uh, especially money that's been gained by dishonorable means. Um, and, and, and on this hill, there's a silver mine. And at this silver mine, there's a, a, a guy named Demas. And Demas stands out, and what he does, he tries to convince all the people that go by to come and look at the silver in the mine. And so he called out to Christian, and hopefully he says, just come over here and see how incredible all this is. All this silver. And you may remember Demas from uh, 2 Timothy 4, where Paul writes, For Demas, in love with his present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. And as Demas does it, Hopeful is, is actually really interested in, in this silver, and he really wants to go see it. But Christian reminds him, for the love of money is root of all kinds of evil. And it's through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. And so they don't turn aside and go to the silver mine, but continue on the way. And as they're going, they see something up in the distance. It looks kind of like a, a round column. And um, as they get closer, they realize that what they're looking at is actually Lot's wife. If you remember the, the story from back in Genesis, um, she was turned to a pillar of salt. Also, we read Jesus' words about this in, in Luke 17, where he said, On that day, let the one who is on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down to take them away. And likewise, let the one who is in the field not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. And so, Hopeful and, and Christian begin talking again, and, and Hopeful makes this very intriguing statement. And he says this, I'm sorry that I was so foolish, and I'm made to wonder that I'm not now as Lot's wife. For, for what was the difference between her sin and mine. She looked back, and I had a desire to go see it. So let grace be adored, and let me be ashamed that ever such a thing should be in my heart. So this understanding here that, that Hopeful is showing in that though he, he didn't go through with it, the, the, the desire in his heart was the same. And this confession and, and this repentance we see from him and then recognizing God's grace towards him. And so they, um, Bunyan then writing through, he, he draws out the point that this pillar is right next to this silver mine. And he, he writes, the, the judgment which, which overtook Lot's wife and made her an example is within sight of where they are. For they cannot choose but see her, did they but lift up their eyes. And, and Christian and Hopeful then have a, a conversation about the, just the, the sinfulness 
of man and, and how those who have been shown such things as Lot's wife as, as an example and they continue to live in their sin, how they will incur this, this strictest judgment of God. And um, so all of these temptations that we see this in the allegory in, in the book, the symbolism that we've talked about so far have had to do with you know, possession of earthly wealth and the, the temptation to, to let that desire take over in our hearts and in our souls. And um, we read here that by the Lord's grace and, and with the help of each other as, as brothers in Christ, Christian and hopeful have been able to withstand these temptations. And so they go through all of this and they, they come to a river and in the book and they drink the water and they relax on the bank and they eat the fruit of the trees and they, they sleep in the meadow by the river and it's a, it's a wonderful time of rest and, and refreshment for them. And again, in the, in the, in the symbolism here, it's those times in life where the Lord out of His, his kindness and His goodness to us, He gives us this rest from trouble and perhaps from despair or from uh, attacks of the enemy and, and we're able to be refreshed. And, and Christian and Hopeful stay here for, for several days before they continue on their journey. Um, but as they begin their journey again, they're, they're not far down the path and the journey again becomes very difficult. Symbolizing our Christian life and, and the, the troubles and the, the temptations and all, all the things that we face, it seems like there's always one um, right around the corner. And so it happens. It becomes difficult again. And they, as they're walking, they look over on the side uh, as they're going down the narrow way and they see a place called Bypath Meadow. And so what they decide in their minds, they're like, look, this meadow runs parallel with the narrow way. And, and things are really nice over there. So why don't we just hump the, we'll, we'll hop over the fence here and we'll take the meadow as far as we can and then we'll just get back on the narrow way. We'll try to go and, and get around it. And that's what they do and it's a bad move. It's a very bad move. And the symbolism here, when we as believers, we, we believe we know a shortcut or we believe we know an, an easier way of life that we can, we can take and but still, please God, it's still um, be on our way. So Christian and Hopeful, they, they do take that route, and they get into trouble. Get into bad trouble, and they see another person in, in front of them who has, who has made this same decision and taken the same way, and he falls into a trap. go back to the narrow way. They've made a mistake, but the problem is a violent storm comes, and they can't, they can't find their way back. Um, in the darkness and the weather and, and everything that sets in. And um, floodwaters, the, the rain is so hard that the, the floodwaters start to rise. And, and they don't know what they're going to do, but finally they find a place of shelter to, to huddle under. And, and they fall asleep from exhaustion. But what they didn't know is that they had actually taken shelter and they had fallen asleep on the land of giant despair. Um, the, the giant, here we read, comes out the next morning and he, he finds them. And he takes them back to where he lives in, in Doubting Castle. 
And this is what we read. The giant, therefore, drove them before him and put them into his castle, into a very dark dungeon, nasty and stinking to the spirits of these two men. Here then they lay from Wednesday morning till Saturday night, without one bit of bread or drop of drink or light or any to ask how they did. They were therefore here in evil case and were far from friends and acquaintance. Now in this place Christian had double sorrow because it was through his unadvised counsel that they were brought into this distress. So in, in a very, very dark, um, very lonely, very bad place. Um, that evening, the, the giant, he, getting ready for bed, and he, he speaks to his wife. His wife's name is, is diffidence, and it, it means shyness or un, unassertiveness. And since she is diffident, she, she actually works through her husband, uh, giant, uh, despair, and she she tells him she said, "You know what? The next day, you should just go in and just beat them to within an inch of their life." And so he does. He he goes in and he beats them, and it says he he does it without mercy. And so they spent the rest of the day in nothing but sighs and bitter lamentations. The book says this giant despair goes back that night again. Talks to his wife, and and she suggests that. He go in the next day and, and beat them again. But this time, he should also encourage them to kill themselves, to take their own life. And um, to give them no hope, to tell them that their lives are miserable, that it, that it won't get any better, that the best thing they could possibly do is to commit suicide. And so the giant does what his wife says to do. And... We read here, Christian actually starts thinking about it. He actually contemplates this, taking this action. And um, he, he says, what shall we do? The life that we now live is miserable. For my part, I know not whether it is best to live thus or to die out of hand. My soul chooses strangling rather than life. And the grave is more easy for me than this dungeon. Shall we be ruled by the giant. So, he, he, I mean, things are so dark. They're so hopeless. He's, he's thinking about this. Um, but we also see hopeful is there with him. And he, he responds to him and he says, but my brother, let us be patient and endure a while. The time may come that may give us a happy release. But let us not be our own murderers. So with these words, hopeful at present did moderate the mind of his brother. So they continued together in the dark that day in their sad and mournful condition. Once again, in, in the story, we see um, the value of, of a close, believing friend. A brother or sister in Christ that's, that's there to encourage us and to, to bear sorrow together with us in this life. Um, you've probably seen by now how Bunyan seems to have struggled quite a bit with depression and melancholy and um, probably predisposed to have a very serious and a very somber um, disposition. He's, he's already written in the book about the slew of despond and the valley of humiliation and the, the valley of the shadow of death and all these 
these really, really difficult, dark times where it seems like the, the presence of God has, has left Christian. And um, all these things are, are autobiographical for, for Bunyan. They happened to him, their experiences that he's had. Um, days of intense darkness of the soul. Days of feeling, again, the removal of God's presence and, and feeling no relation, relational closeness to him. And, and so now he gets to the point in the story where, where he even broaches the subject of suicide. And, and this can be a, a very real temptation, even for committed believers in the midst of experiences of hopelessness and, and despair, like we see here in the story. And so... Here Bunyan, he's teaching us, he's counseling us who, who read this, that are, are facing these kind of situations that all hope is, is not lost and that suicide is, is not the way out, it's not the answer. And, um, it says in that hopeful and Christian began to, to pray. And they prayed all through the night and into the morning. And then we read, now a little bit, a little before it was day, good Christian is one half amazed, uh, broke out into this passionate speech. And he says, What a fool am I, thus to lie in a stinking dungeon when I'm, I may as well walk at liberty. I have a key in my bosom called promise that will, I am persuaded, open any lock in Doubting Castle. This, it's it's this, this promise we see that, that he has of the gospel, this promise, uh, the promises of God contained in Scripture. And, and we know from before that, that Christian has been reading this book. He's been studying this book. He mentioned this book many times. And he, he had previously, he had taken these truths and he's hidden them in his heart, as, as the psalmist says, but apparently he had neglected to think about them or to meditate on them and, and the goodness and the promises of God and that they're found in, in Scripture that he has given to his children. But now he remembers them. He remembers those things that he has read and he has studied from the book. And so um, he knows there's this promise, there is hope. And so Christian hopeful, they, they use this key of promise. They're, they're able to escape from Doubting Castle. They're able to escape from the giant despair and from his wife. And it says, Now when they were going over the fence, they began to contrive with themselves what they should do at that fence to prevent those that, that should come after from falling into the hands of giant despair. So they, they considered themselves to erect there a pillar to engrave upon the side of it this. Over this fence is the way to Downing Castle, which is kept by giant despair, who despises the king of the celestial country and seeks to destroy his holy pilgrims. There's many, therefore, that followed after read what was written and escaped the danger. And so the idea here is much, much like Lot's wife that, that we discussed earlier, that this pillar would, would serve as a warning to those that, that come after not to leave this narrow way and, and put themselves in, in this condition that, that leads to this despair and this darkness. Um, and they would not, not fall into this same type of trap and temptation and that they could avoid doubt. They could avoid the, the despair that Christian and Hopeful had experienced by doing this. And so they've escaped. Um, 
they're out, they're, they're back on. They, they've jumped the fence back to the narrow way, and next time we'll come back together and we, we'll see how Christian and Hopeful travel on, and they, they'll make it to the delectable mountains, and we'll see about that next time. So let's pray. Father, we, um, we do thank you that, that, Father, you are with us, that you love us, that uh, Lord, we are yours, and uh, Father, in those, those times of, of doubt and despair that you have given us, the promise of your word, I, pr- I pray that you would help us to, to read and to meditate and to linger over those and to, to memorize them and to, uh, Father, to trust in them. Lord, may we drink deeply from the, the promises of your word. Pray that you'll help us, Lord, now as we go and through the rest of our week. And uh, Father, may we worship, may we be thankful, and, and may we obey. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you.